Hello and welcome to another episode of Tales of the Uncharted, Uncharted Territories. Territories. Yes, okay, so I've made, a, I've made a bit of a selection this time since we have recently lost two beloved crew members. Well, one of them was arguably beloved, Crace, and certainly Talon. And the other one was definitely not a crew member, really. I mean, if you're the ship, yeah, well, no, part of the ship, part of the crew, but, you know. Um, okay, fair. So neither beloved nor crew members, but we definitely lost them both. Well, yes. And so I went hunting for stories that featured Talon and Craze. Now, these are pretty safe now, because now that, you know, season three is over, any story that's going to feature Talon or Craze is probably safe for Kay. Yes. So I've been able to cast a pretty wide net, and I came up with a few that seem interesting, but as usual, I haven't read them. Mm-hmm. There may be a little... Uh... Well, I mean, they may be really, like, angsty. Oh, yes, Which is no judgment, true. because that was, that was the thing that people wrote in the early 2000s. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, like, excited about this adventure. All right, well, we'll see how it goes. The title is Never Say Goodbye. Original title, Ich vergisst mich, which I forget myself, which is uh, translated from German, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Ich it, vergisst... No, yeah. ich vergesse mich. I know, right? Weird. Of Ich vergisste mich. I know, I know. Ich hätte mich vergisst. It's written by uh, Sorik Lewis... Is that Sorok Lewis? Maybe. Yeah, yes. I was confused. I think as well, a Sorok. That's, that's a that's a that's a lowercase L. Yes. And oh yes, English romance and angst. Okay, so we're in for a treat. Originally published October twenty third, two thousand, and updated in April fifteenth, two thousand one. Imagine coming back like six months later and updating your story. Uh, notes, I beg for, for your forgiveness. I already am expecting more flames in a burning building, so I just ask a few things of you first. Read the uglier truth by UK Tech Girl. Watch Mind the Baby and The Ugly Truth and realize Kemper made me do it. Right. I sent these in the wrong order. So instead, hold on. This is the one that we're going to be reading next week. Sorry. Sorry. Instead, we're actually going to click on the other link. All right. Because I had sort of prepared this. (laughs) The Uglier Truth by UK Tech Girl. (laughs) The Uglier Truth by UK Tech Girl is what we're going to read now. Genre drama. Summary. Crichton finds something out. Rating PG-13. Spoilers, specifically P-E-F-G-I-E-T-T-H-M-F-T-M-T-B-T-W-W-W-L-A-P-T-2 and Tut. I know, I'm not going to like... <laughs> Which episode... Can you guess? These are episode titles. Oh, right, yes, of course. Um, look at the Princess 2 is one yep. is uh, yep. the, the one that easily drums out. Uh, I-E-T is also fairly obvious. Oh, very good. Um... Oh, gosh. Now, T-U-T is the ugly truth, because we're right. reading the oh, uglier yes. that truth. That makes, makes sense, yes. Um, uh, I recognize... P is probably pilot. Uh, P. Yeah, that's probably the premiere, mm. yeah. E-F-G. Oh. Ooh. Now, that one's interesting. I honestly don't know. Now, I mean... T-H-M, the hidden memory. Oh, ah, yes, yes, yes. F-T, not so sure. M-T-B, I... mind the baby. Family ties. Oh, yes. That just leaves E-F-G. G. All right, so you can also scr- stop scrub. St- yeah. You can all stop screaming into your headphones right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And there's an apology here as well from UK Tech Girl. I apologize for this fic. I wish I'd never written it. Wow. You will probably wish you'd never read it, but sometimes the thought gets stuck in your mind and just won't go away. Wow. This is yeah. This is sort of speculation for something which might happen before the end of season two. It's set at some in- indeterminate point in the future post Tut. The, the ugly truth. The ugly truth. Just a vignette, no plot as such. I know I'm not the only person that thinks this, but well, just read it and you will see. 
My thanks to JK BBQ, whoever you may be, for pointing out that I'm a jackass. Oh, okay. Feedback okay, to so UK Tech Girl. Be as brutal as you like. I can take it. So this must have been written before uh, UK Tech Girl had seen the end of season two. Two, which I think, yeah, October. They were still watching the uh, okay. uh, the end of season two, and yeah. okay. So the ugly, tr- ugly truth. That's the one with the not the Halosians. It's the Rashomon one. Oh, who the Rashomon Whether, again? No, sorry, Rashomon is the Japanese film where uh, oh. the same story is told several times from different perspectives, right, and different yes. every time. Oh, it's the one where they're having uh, yes, uh, with the uh, in the obstetric chair and their and and the trial. Yes, that yeah. one. Ooh, all right, okay. There we go. Grace's footfalls were soft, but Aaron heard his approach, stiffened her, sol- yeah. stiffened her shoulders, and turned around to face him. He paused, hovering in the cell doorway and raising his eyebrows at her questioningly. That was my sound effect for someone hovering, because it's mm. science fiction, so they can do that. May I enter, Officer Sun, he said, tilting his head as if in deference to her, although a faint smile lurked behind his eyes. She nodded silently, holding up a small piece of circuitry and directing Grace's eyes to the DRD on the shelf beside her. Part of its outer casing had been removed, and its eye stalks drooped lifelessly. Ah, We're no longer being monitored, she said, dropping the circuit next to the small drone. And Aaron will do fine. Crace nodded courteously and walked into the room, his eyes travelling penetratingly over the walls and ceiling of the dimly lit cell, searching for hidden devices. Aaron smiled. Something to hide, she said, almost teasingly amused by her from former captain's apparent paranoia. Crace spread his hands in a palliative gesture, tilting his head as he came to a stop before her. I believe we both may benefit from such caution, Aaron, he said, emphasizing her name. It wasn't me that requested a private meeting, Aaron said, slowly, lifting her chin. But you consented, Crace replied, the knowing smile still in his eyes, despite your certain knowledge that your shipmates would not approve. My decisions are my own, Aaron said, pressing her lips together firmly. As it should be, Chris said, nodding his head towards her in acknowledgement. We have both learned much since our departure from peacekeeper control. Aaron watched him calmly, saying nothing as he turned and began to pace the room, gazing admiringly at the Leviathan's golden, arching structures. I have built a new life, he said, breathing deeply. I have learned how empty the old one was, just as you did. He paused and pointed a gloved finger at her before resuming his pacing. Once again, gloves indoors. It's such a choice. (laughs) I, mean, I have fulfilled. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, functional, you know, working gloves, especially if you're working on stuff. But yeah, know. yeah. I have fulfilled my ambitions to create a hybrid Leviathan gunship and to command that ship. Talon is. Grace trailed off, inhaling deeply again as he tried to find an adequate expression to convey his admiration for the ship. Aaron's eyes widened slightly as she saw him struggle for the words. Surprised, not only by the depths of his emotion, echo, echo, but his willingness echo. to demonstrate it so openly. Talon is a finer creation than any peacekeeper could have anticipated, Grace said at last, his voice full of awe. He is a a magnificent creature, Aaron responded, smiling, uh, comforted to know that her own feelings for Talon were matched by this captain's, to know that Moya's son was in good hands. Grace turned his head toward her, fixing her with his eyes and returning her smile, equally pleased. His virtues are ours, Aaron, he said, quietly, still holding her with his gaze. She narrowed her eyes, frowning slightly. I don't understand, she said. Grace smiled cat-like and started pacing again. Talon is the perfect hybrid. He possesses peacekeeper weaponry, peacekeeper aggression, peacekeeper discipline. But he is not confined by the rules and regulations, by petty hierarchies. He is an independent individual, a being who may carve his own path. Grace paused again, 
and again stared intently at Aaron. Just as we are, Aaron. You and I. Aaron's lips parted slightly at the words. An honourable comparison, yes? said Crace, raising an eyebrow with a smile, entertained by the slight flush which had come to Aaron's cheek. She nodded, a tiny smile on her lips, and then frowned. What do you want, Crace? she said, wondering quite where this conversation was going. Crace smiled, nodding as if to thank her for being so direct. What I want may very well be what you want, he said haltingly. I find that rather unlikely, Aaron said dryly. Perhaps, Crace said, smiling at her sarcasm, perhaps not. What I want is to continue to evade the peacekeeper interference here in the uncharted territories, to continue living on Talon and teaching him to control his natural aggression, to find happiness. He paused. Are our desires so very different? Aaron's face had grown sombre, but she said nothing. Come with me, Aaron's son, said Crace, his voice so low it was barely audible. Her eyes widened. I, she murmured, bewildered. You, me, Talon. We're alone in the universe, Aaron, orphaned, misunderstood, but united. We could create a place where we truly belonged. You can't expect. I can't just... She faltered, her brow wrinkled with confusion. Can't what? Turn and walk away from everything you know? Start again? Grace smiled. You've done it before. You can do it again. She looked up at him with pleading eyes and then lifted her chin up defiantly, breathing deeply. As I recall, last time you gave me very little choice. Crace sighed and gave her an admon- admonitory? Yes, mm. admonitory look. Ooh, that's not a word I've come across very often. It was your decision to flee with the fugitives, Aaron, not mine. Should I have stayed and faced my punishment? A punishment which I did not deserve? You weren't so on it. I had no choice, began Crace, starting to look a little frayed and anxious. But Aaron cut him off, her eyes blazing. You were making a fool of yourself. "'parading around and shouting about revenge. "'And don't tell me it was insubordination "'that made you declare me irreversibly contaminated, Crace. "'He stiffened at that, flaring his nostrils angrily. "'I was your commanding officer!' Crace started firmly. "'You publicly contradicted me. "'I could not allow my authority to be challenged in that way, "'least of all by you.' "'So you thought you'd bundle me out of the way "'before I became an embarrassment?' "'Aaron raised her eyebrows at him. "'You had already become an embarrassment,' growled Crace.' turning away from her and striding to the other side of the cell. Erin shifted on her feet, her stomach churning as her mind ran frantically through those old, dead memories. They'd been pushed aside for cycles now, only resurfacing occasionally, the one true virtue of her peacekeeper training. She opened her mouth to speak, still unsure of what she wanted to say, but the sound of hurried footsteps in the passage outside made her snap her mouth closed again. Instinctively, she sent Crace a warning look, but he too had heard the sound and had turned his features, now composed, if wary. Crichton had his hand at his thigh as he rounded the corner, the weapon strapped there, not yet drawn, but ready, waiting, anticipating trouble. He stopped just outside the cell and then grinned, propping himself up against one of the doors with his left arm, relaxing slightly. "'Well, ain't this cosy,' he said, too busy grinning at Crace's irritation to notice Aaron's flinch at his words." Crichton, said Crace warily. Oh, hang on. Uh, who is this? Uh, oh, yeah, I think John's. That's John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, Crace, you had us all worried for a macro out there, bro. See, pilot assigned a few deities to monitor your location, just in case you got any funny ideas about pulling another little hijack job. Thought we'd lost track of you. Crichton pulled away from the door and stepped slowly into the cell. Should have known our old bloodhound son here would be able to sniff you out, though. He flicked a conspiratorial grin in her direction and then walked to stand just behind her, 
folding his arms and facing Kreis over her shoulder. Hey, he murmured into Aaron's ear. <laughs> Your comms is out too. Pilot's been going crazy trying to find you. I switched it off, said Aaron, loudly ignoring Crichton's attempt to keep the discussion out of Kreis's earshot. You what? said Crichton, screwing up his face in confusion. Then, over her shoulder, he saw the deactivated DRD on the shelf. Hey, little guy, he cooed, ducking out from behind her and striding over to pick up the stray circuit that had been removed. He slotted it carefully back in among the messy configuration of wires and replaced the yellow casing. The DRD's eye stalks lit up and waggled at him in a friendly way before the little drone scooted away. Now, Grace, pulling the guts out of the DRDs? Not nice. Grace glared at Crichton and then found himself smiling as once again Aaron spoke up. I deactivated... I deactivated the DRD, Crichton, not Chris. Again, her voice was loud and firm, as if she was challenging him to respond. He turned his head and again gave her a puzzled look, shaking his head at her and shrugging as if asking her to explain. We needed to talk privately, she said, casually, not looking at him. Crichton gaped even wider. You, he said, pointing at her with one finger, and him... He added, pointing at Crace with the other hand so that his arms crossed in the middle. Needed a little private time? (laughs) Aaron went on staring right ahead. Crace watched the two of them with amusement. Crichton swallowed and looked at the floor, thinking. Okay, he said slowly, scratching the back of his neck. I... I see two possible explanations. Either you guys were planning a surprise birthday party for Pilot... He looked up at their faces in mock expectation. Mm, no takers? Oh, now there's a surprise. So let's go to option two, which is there's something going on that I don't have a friendly clue about. Aaron went on ignoring him. Crace shifted slightly, observing Crichton's increasing unease with fascination. Crichton allowed the silence to continue for a moment, still looking from one of them to the other expectantly, but neither Crace nor Aaron spoke. Well, you'd think I'd be kind of used to that situation by now, right, guys? But, you know, for some reason, with you around, it makes me kind of nervous. As he spoke, Crichton strolled toward Crace and leaned his face in close, breathing right in his ear. Ooh. Ooh. A half smile on his... Sorry, I'm going to go full ASMR on this. A half smile on his lips. Aaron watched him, watched the exaggerated swagger in his movements, the cocky look on his face. Every time he was like this, never with Dargo, certainly never with Rigel... (laughs) Oh, but with Crace always getting in his face, putting himself physically between them, as if his body somehow knew what his mind did not. Okay, this is definitely becoming a different kind of yeah, fanfic. Yeah, I'm not right doing now. that again. I just, <laughs> wow, what a paragraph, though. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was no reason for you to be concerned, Crichton, Aaron said, glaring at him. We were talking, that's all. Now, what would you two kids have to talk about that you wouldn't want little Johnny to hear, huh? He was still doing it, she noted, still leaning into Crace's face, his nose almost touching Crace's cheek, his face intense, ignoring her, not even noticing her. And Crace just stood there, bolt upright, eyes locked on some distant point, tolerating his presence, but prickling with annoyance. This is hot. Yes. <laughs> okay, right? It's not just me. No, no. It's none of your business, Crichton, said Aaron firmly. A private conversation which we will continue after you leave. That got his attention, as she had anticipated. He turned his hat sharply to look at her, frowning and opening his mouth. She met his eyes blankly, giving no ground. Crichton turned his head to look at Crace, narrowing his eyes, and then turned again to look at Aaron, blinking rapidly. Something flickered across his eyes as he watched her. A dark thought, one that he quickly pushed aside. Aaron caught it, though. 
and felt her heart skip at the flicker of hurt that had flared there for a moment. Whoa, this is some... Like, I'm imagining some... Yeah, but also like daytime soap opera level sort of editing, sort of cutting back and forth between these... (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, close-ups on the eyes. He knows, she thought. He's known for Monans. After the Plovakians had let them go, he'd practically... Placavoids. Placavoids, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He'd practically come right out and asked her, Why didn't you finger Crace, he'd said. Fing ignorance. (laughs) And she'd smiled and done the same. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Now now that our inner 12-year-old is being satisfied. (laughs) Why didn't you finger... Oh, sorry, I've already done that one. <laughs> Feigning ignorance, and she'd smiled and done the same, shrugged it off as if she was being unclear, being absurd. For Talon, she told him to stop them from going after Talon. Not a lie, not quite. And truth was malleable, was mutable. The Placavians had proved that. He didn't know, didn't want to. If he had, he would have pushed, would have asked the right question would have looked her in the eye when he asked her if that was it, instead of anywhere but her face. And even now, here he stood, with it plain as day in front of his nose, and still he wouldn't let himself see it. She felt a twinge of guilt at her own sense of relief that the inevitable confrontation could again be postponed. Crichton took a step backwards and tilted his head as Crace, still frowning. This about Talon, he said, turning his head again to watch Aaron. I said, it's none of your business, John, said Aaron her voice beginning to show signs of strain. Crichton narrowed his eyes at her, and then suddenly reached down and drew his pulse pistol in one swift movement, placing the barrel against Crace's cheek. Crace's eyes slid over towards Crichton, but they had registered no fear, only wary irritation. I have got to stop pointing guns at people, as he will later later learn. What's the game, Crace? hissed Crichton. John, put down the weapon, said Aaron loudly. No, I don't think so, he said, nudging Crace's cheek with the pistol. Not until you let me in on the big secret. Are you sure you want to know, Crichton? said Crace, smugly, casting an amused look at Aaron. She pursed her lips and looked away. Now he was doing it too, asking things of her, expecting things, trying to force her to make the choice on his terms, his way. Just leave, John, she said, still looking at the floor. I'm not going anywhere, Crichton said, still staring down the barrel at Crace. Not until I can be sure that our boy here hasn't got something tricky up his sleeve. My boy, Crace. (laughs) I have nothing to conceal from you, Crichton, said Crace. Equably. Equably. Oh, also a word I've never seen before. Equably, his eyes on Aaron. It is Officer Sun who wishes to keep the contents of our discussion away from the public domain. Aaron lifted her chin, setting her mouth in a line. Oh, yeah, said Crichton, throwing Aaron a slightly manic look over his shoulder. Is that so? Well, it isn't Officer Sun who I'm asking, Captain. Crace. It's you, so spill. Sorry. Crace fixed his eyes on Aaron. I have asked Aaron to join me on Talon. Shut up, Crace, Aaron cut in. Oh, no, honey said Crichton in a sing-song voice. I think he ought to keep right on talking. She had not yet given me her answer when you interrupted us, Crace continued. Oh, really? said Crichton, twisting his head round again to look at her over his shoulder. Well, why don't we hear it now? Aaron's eyes filled with tears. Stop it, John, she said thickly. Just go. Oh, I don't think so. Not when things have just gotten so interesting. John... 
please? I mean, all you have to do is say that one little word. You know, the one starts with N, ends with O, not a... How does that work for translator microbes? Yeah. Okay. Starts with N, ends with an O, not a whole lot in between. Crichton was speaking quickly, his voice starting to crack a little. And I know you know it, baby, because I've heard you say it to me about a thousand times, remember? Aaron looked away, trying unsuccessfully to stop her tears. I mean, the answer is no, right? said Crichton, breathing heavily, the look in his eyes growing wilder. It has to be no, right? Because what possible reason could you have for saying yes? Crace watched Aaron carefully, his brow furrowing at her obvious distress. That's enough, Crichton, said Crace softly. Crichton turned his head <clears throat> and stared at Crace with cold fury, his whole body trembling. His grip on the pistol stiffened and he swallowed hard. Crace sensed the finger on the trigger tightening and lifted his chin, keeping his eyes open, refusing to show fear. John, please. Aaron's voice was timid, pleading, like he'd never heard it before. Crichton closed his eyes and swallowed again, biting on his lower lip to try to stop the tears from coming. It was true. He knew it was true. He had known for moments. But this, being told, having it confirmed, he had pushed. It was his own fault. And now they couldn't go back because you can never take it back. He let his arm fall slackly down at his side, the pulse pistol falling to the floor from numb, lifeless fingers. Well, not hopefully not lifeless, but... <laughs> his head hung limply on his neck, and he stayed there, with his eyes closed for several long, slow seconds. Then he swallowed and straightened up. His eyes met Crace's, and Crichton blinked, startled at the sympathy he saw there, through his fog of tears. He had seen that look once before, after the chair, after Crace had been forced into it too and learned just what Crichton had endured as Crace had paced around him hungrily, enjoying his suffering. Planning the suicide run with no hope, no thought of surviving, only one thing which Scorpius values more, Dargo had said, and they'd frowned and wondered, and Dargo had answered himself. The base. The precious Gamak base. But Crace had been looking at Crichton. The one thing that Scorpius truly valued... They didn't know. He hadn't told them. Had barely said two words about the base since Aaron had brought him back. Not even to her. Sympathy and respect. That was the look Crace had given him. Crichton hadn't wanted to see it then. Right now, seeing it again was making him want to throw up. Perhaps it is I who should be leaving, Crace said haltingly. The bitter pain in Crichton's red-rimmed eyes startling him with its ferocity. Erin's tear-stained face provided no respite. She was staring at him accusingly, and he felt a brief pang of guilt for having forced this moment to arrive. Neither one of them spoke, and Crace turned and left the cell silently, not looking back. Crichton stood silent, unmoving, his eyes gazing sightlessly at the wall, his shoulders slightly stooped. Edit, edit, edit. <coughs> <clears throat> Aaron watched him, his profile framed by the dim light behind him, his face mostly in shadow. She knew what the look on his face would be, though. Knew before he did it that he... Edit, edit, edit. Knew before he did it that he would begin to shake his head slowly from side to side, begin opening and closing his mouth, searching for the words. She watched as he struggled and inwardly cursed them all, Chris, Crichton, and herself. I had to keep it from you, John, she said hesitantly, sniffing and scrubbing a hand across her damp face. I didn't want to hurt you, and I knew you wouldn't... Stop! Crichton <laughs> shouted, throwing up a hand toward her, but still facing the wall, not looking at her. I'm glad that it was a hand that he threw up, and, and <laughs> yes. just not 
You know, not looking at her. <clears throat> don't say that. Please, just don't, don't say that. What don't you want? Uh, sorry, edit, edit, edit. What do you want me to say? He turned to face her then, staring at her with a bewildered look. I want to say that you say that I'm wrong, Aaron. I want you to tell me that I'm an idiot, that I'm crazy, that I've got it all wrong. She looked at him with wide, wet eyes and slowly shook her head, feeling the tears rushing back at his face crumpled, and he turned around again, unable to look her in the eye. It isn't what you think, John. He ran a shaky hand over his face, trying helplessly to regain something like composure, to rein in the free fall of thoughts, memories, fragments. Aaron defending Crace when they had last bought a Talon, frowning upon his and Stark's mistrust. Aaron cradled in his arms in Pilot's den, telling him that Crace wouldn't hurt Talon, that people could change. Crace's distress called to the Prowler when he and Dargo were taking their overlong stroll in vacuum, Aaron's anger when they condemned her for trusting him. Crace screaming at him as he boarded Talon. Where is Officer Sun? Have you harmed her? Him laughing it off, thinking it was about Talon, about Crace's failure to fully control the ship, needing her help. Aaron choosing to go with him and not saying goodbye. For Talon, he told himself it had been for Talon to bring him back to Moya. Which was why he'd wanted to rip Crace's head off. To wipe away sure that smug... more reasons for that, but... Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to wipe away that smug grin that said, She chose me, not you, Earthman. He'd known it was true somewhere deep down for a long time, but pretending was easier. Pretending hurt less. Aaron watched his back, watched him reach up to touch his face the way he always did when he was upset or scared, watched him straighten up and prepare to turn around, only to have his nerve fail him. John, she said again, oh, whenever she says his name, <laughs> unable to stand the heavy silence. He lifted his head up and slowly shuffled round to face her, staring at her with hopeless, reddened eyes. How could you? He murmured, blinking. Can I just take a quick time out? And, and like, we're, we're a little more than halfway into the story, and here's what I expect to happen. Okay, hit me. Uh, so, in the style of, oh, there's a stereotype about telenovelas that involves a lot of slapping. Yeah. Right, emotional slapping. So, I'm expecting that the, the, the sort of jealousy and envy between John and Chris comes to a head, and aside from just sort of jabbing phallic substitutes at one another, such as pulse pistols. They're yeah. actually going to get into a, a slap. The slap fight escalates, escalates a little bit more. Further feelings are uh, revealed, and John realized that he's uh, got a bad case of what I have been taught is called misplaced arousal. That you know he has he has strong feelings because of all the, the various mm-hmm. you know uh, the, 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 the things that have been happening around him, which he's projected onto onto this woman, whereas. Actually, yeah, I'm I'm expecting him to want to run off with Crace and for Crace uh, to realize that. Do a little bit of well. mutual pentac jamming. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically where this is going, right? right. It feels and then like Aaron's it. going to realize, like, hey, my life shouldn't boil down between you know to a choice to having to choose between two men. Yeah, I can I can have a whole. I can have a whole life and or harem or, hmm. you know, whatever. I mean, the, 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 the world is her oyster. And for her to go off on Talon. That sounds like a fantastic ending. <laughs> Let's see if it fulfills my expectations. It's a little bit out more in the romance novel section than I would normally expect from Farscape, but, you know. I mean, it did say romance slash angst. Fair point. Yeah. She I mean, shook her head at him, sniffing again. That's not fair. It was a long time ago. Things were different then. 
like they were with Velarek. Hey, shithead, bringing up, bringing up someone's Ex-boyfriend. exes yeah, is not cool. Is really, lo- what she was, she was supposed to be a, a, an unplucked flower. Yeah. Ugh. Aaron closed her eyes as if in pain. This has nothing to do with how I felt for Velarek. We have yet to discover. I mean, you've you've talked at least to Dargo about losing. Let me see, losing your virginity in the back of a truck with Karen. Do you remember? Vaguely. Right when they were trying to like convince each other, him yeah. and Dargo, that they were real, and like, and, and Dargo goes, "Whoa, I was seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just checking. Crichton muttered with a humorless little laugh. Ha ha ha. You know, wondering how many other peacekeeper skeletons there are hanging in your closet that I'm <sighs> waiting to wait three more cycles to find out about. Again, somebody's exes <sighs> so uncool. Not are just not a part of the conversation. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's not fair, Crichton, Aaron said, shaking her head. Correct. Her voice rising in anger. You're talking about a past which you know nothing about. I've never interfered in yours. Don't you dare condemn me for mine. Damn right. There's just a slight difference. I don't recall any of my own, uh, any of my old girlfriends hunting you down and trying to kill you. Crazy. Okay, one, like yeah. just one. <laughs> just know how much recreating the average peacekeeper uh, probably it's does. It's a statistical outlier, you know. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yes, it's murders. Georg lives yeah. in a cave doing nothing but murders. Grace was not. It wasn't like that. I've told you before. Peacekeepers don't have relationships the way humans do. Oh, so it was just a meaningless fling. You drank too much Raslak and woke up in the captain's quarters minus your underwear. Aaron glared at him. Maybe this is why she didn't have underwear on the ship and had to stole, steal his oh, in the first season. yeah. And now that same captain is chasing you halfway across the uncharted territories to ask you to join his one-man crew. Must have been one hell of a night. If they're uncharted, how does he know that they're halfway across? Anyway, just stop it, John, just stop it. She half turned away from him, torn between fury at his possessiveness and fury with herself for letting this secret fester for so long. That is a good point. I mean, I imagine that you know sort of the boundaries of the land of which nothing is known. Maybe. But then you don't know the far boundary, because how would you? Right. Okay. Also, this is some some bullshit. Like, (laughs) a secret? Oh, yeah. Although I do like the, the, the sort of creative implication that uh, UK Tech Girl has chosen a side mm. that Chris and, and Aaron have recreated or been close in some, uh, some other peacekeeper-appropriate yeah. form. I don't think they ever did, but, you know... Yeah, I mean, the other camp as well. No, I don't no. think so. No. Let's see, where were we? we have to so long. Yes, yes. yes, Crichton walked toward her slowly, spreading his arms out wide, questioningly. What the hell do you expect me to say, Aaron? Congratulations. I'm very happy for you. You make such a lovely couple. He stopped a few feet away from her and stared at her expectantly. She sat still, gazing at the wall, refusing to be goaded. He stepped back, letting his head fall backwards and sighing deeply, again trying to regain some control over his scattered thoughts. As he drew in a deep, calming breath, Aaron closed her eyes and began to speak in a low, slightly wavering voice. I was instructed to see Crace in his quarters the day after I, after I turned Velarek in. I do not love, I do not love where this is. No, you don't end a sentence on a preposition. <clears throat> you totally can. I that know, is a made-up rule. I, I, I know. That's a made-up rule that doesn't exist. I, that's, I know, but it sounds really, Latin. it sounds really awkward in this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, fine. She uh, po- <laughs> I was instructed to see Crace in his quarters the day after. I turned in Velarek. Oh, yeah, it is that simple, isn't right. it? Right, yeah. 
So she paused, shuddering slightly at the memory of the look on Grace's face when they came to take Valorek. Fascinated disgust. Amazement at such devotion to duty. Intrigue at Valorek's bitter, mocking compliment. Crichton narrowed his eyes at her reaction and then opened them wide. Horrified. No! He murmured. Oh, sorry. That's a weird murmur. (laughs) He murmured, shaking his head. Oh, you speak whale. I'm sorry. If UK Tech Girl is listening to this, we are really enjoying this story. We're just too... We're just two fools, and that's, this is all on us. No, she replied, lifting her head up and turning her frank gaze on him. No, it wasn't like that. Yeah, and even if it was, Ew. big fucking deal. He breathed deeply and nodded as she turned her face back to the wall. He had been impressed by my dedication to my duty and to my captain. We talked, you know, away from all the posturing, all the power games and showmanship. He could be quite charming. Oh, I'm imagining him taking the the sort of bindings off of his battle cue and just shaking his hair loose. Oh. Right, uh, taking off his glasses. Wait, Chris? Yeah. Chris doesn't wear glasses. No, but like it's it's when oh. the it's when the nerdy girl sort of oh, in the in the in the eighties right, sex yes, comedy yes, lets yes, her yes, hair yes. down. Oh yeah. And then he opens some of the, 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 the buttons and Right, yes. When Hollywood ugly suddenly starts uh, like having hair that suits her face and uh, like suddenly wears wears a sweater that doesn't uh, clash uh, with the skin tone. Yeah, there absolutely. you go. Yeah, there you go. Oh, she turned her face slightly to his, <laughs> smiling a little, and caught Crichton's unbelieving eye. His background, coming from a farming commune, I think he felt he had more to prove than anyone else. Being the captain of a command carrier wasn't enough. He had to keep reminding people that he was in charge, keep forcing them to demonstrate their respect. Yeah. I noticed that, Crichton said softly. Erin shook her head. You saw the public race, playing the role of peacekeeper captain. And you saw what? The real McCoy? The sheep under the wolf's clothing? Ooh, uh. I'm sure that UK tech girl had, uh, she had, her heart did a little leap when she saw the title of season three, episode 21. Yeah, I'm not sh- Edit, edit, edit. <coughs> It's not getting any better, Cap. Nope, still not getting any better. It's like, it's like so dumb. It is so stupendously dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway. <clears throat> edit, edit, edit. She paused again, sighing. Do you remember the day we first met? The day you got here? Crichton laughed, yeah, good point. Yeah, for some reason, that particular day is kind of etched into my brain. Erin smiled bleakly, glancing over at him. That day, she said, I found something out from a friend of mine. She worked in communications. Part of her job was to process applications for transfer. I'd been back on prowler detail for moments. I wanted a bigger challenge, so I'd applied for a place on a marauder crew. Edit, edit, edit. Yeah, I remember you saying... She glanced at him, surprised that he recalled the old conversation, surprised that she was so pleased that he had. Huh. Ah, that must have been back in Exodus from Genesis. Mm. Yeah, with the, I mean, originally we called the Sultana, the monarch, Mm. right, and all the duplicates. Oh, right, yeah, it's like episode two or three, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 way early. I was waiting for a response from First Command when my friend contacted me to tell me that my application had never gone through that someone had blocked it and applied for an alternative transfer. 
Grace? Only a senior officer would have the authority to do it. Crichton frowned, trying to figure it out. He was trying to stop you from leaving? In a manner of speaking, yes, Aaron sighed, and shifted position uncomfortably. The alternative transfer application was to the breeding unit. He had nominated me to be a breeding partner. She kept her eyes on the wall, breathing steadily, not wanting to look around. Crichton swallowed, closing his eyes briefly and then training them on the floor, glad not to have meat to meet her eyes. He cleared his throat, aware that his voice would be unsteady. He could do that without asking you? Without your consent? For someone of my rank to be nominated by a captain was a great honour. I would be expected to accept, although it would be customary to have been consulted first. But he didn't do that. Erin lifted her head up, smiling slightly. Grace knew that I wanted the marauder assignment. There would be nothing to prevent me from returning to it after the birth, but with almost a full cycle away from training, my chances would be much slimmer. And I didn't want to carry a child that I would never know. But he went ahead and did it anyway? Whoa! Yes. She turned to look at Crichton, and the day I found out was the day that you came through the wormhole. Whoa! Crichton looked at her thoughtfully, frowning. I followed Moya because I wanted to prove to Crace that I was more useful as a pilot than a breeder. Whoa! If I brought back his brother's killer and recaptured an escaped prison transport, he would be in my debt. But things didn't quite work out that way. No. Crichton screwed up his eyes, remembering that first commerce planet, the blur of sights and sounds also new, fascinating, terrifying, and then the troops arriving, him calling out to warn Dargo, Eren calling him a traitor, and Crace uh, striding up to them, brushing past Eren like she wasn't even there. All right. Not ready to get on the field. Edit, edit, edit. Why did you stick up for me, he said. Eren uh, almost flinched as the long-awaited question finally arrived. Wait, I lost my mark. Yeah, and I sort of took uh, John's line and... Hang on. There were uh, a lot of reasons, John. Hang That's on. you. I, 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 I must have accidentally scrolled and now I'm... Oh, my goodness. Uh, um, no, I, I lost my... Oh, wait, this is too far back. Okay, well... Is, what do you, you think, John? Would you just have that? Yeah, we have had that. Okay. He ran a shaky hand over his face, trying helplessly to regain something like composure. To, oh, wait. Nope, 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 nope. nope. nope still further you you down. want to continue to... Why did you stick up for me... Uh, wait, Valerie. I'll, no. I'll show you my screen. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm just trying to find, it. like, I must have accidentally We've... swiped it, and now I'm trying to f- oh, f- no. find out where we were. Hang on. Distribution duty captain. Farming commune, blah, blah, blah. Didn't do that. Wait, someone rank coming there, getting there. Didn't quite, didn't things quite work out that way. Yes, there we go. Yeah. Let's do Let's do it from there. Edit, edit, edit. No. Crichton screwed up his eyes, remembering that first commerce planet, the blur of sights and sounds, also new, fascinating, terrifying. And then the troops arriving, him calling out to warn Dargo, Eren calling him a traitor, and Crace striding up to him, brushing past Eren like she wasn't even there. Why did you stick up for me, he said. Eren almost flinched as the long-awaited question finally arrived. There were lots of reasons, John, she began cautiously, but he cut her off. Stop. That's a given. How many of them were about Grace? She turned her head to face him and saw his face, determined, hurt. I was angry when he ignored me, she said, meeting his eye. I had risked a great deal going after Moya like that. I'd managed to bring you back for questioning. He acted as if he didn't even know who I was. Crichton pursed his lips and nodded, thinking. She stayed silent, watching him piece it together. 
So you spoke up for me to piss Crace off? His voice was almost inaudibly quiet. Oh, sorry. So you spoke up for me to piss Crace off? That's bedroom talk. Okay, I'm still doing it. Sorry, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> she sighed, breathing deeply and keeping his eyes away from his. I spoke up for you because Crace was being irrational, going beyond the boundaries of his authority because of Talvo. I spoke up because I realised that he probably knew that I'd found out about his plans for my transfer. I spoke up because I wanted to hurt him for snubbing me, for trying to control me, and speaking up for another man in front of his personal guard was a good way to humiliate him. She turned to face him, and then, before continuing... But none of those was the main reason, John. Uh-huh, he said softly. It's the truth. He inhaled sharply, nodding again, and running a hand across his lips. And if Chris hadn't shown up today, would you have ever have told me? It was in the past, John, she said after a pause. By the time I... It was too late by the time we... You blame me, he said, his voice growing louder. You let me blame myself for ruining your life. Yes, I did, she said sadly. Back then, I was scared, lost, confused. Oh, and I wasn't any of those things? Crichton cut in, sounding slightly hysterical. I made a bad choice, she said, her voice trembling slightly. Crichton nodded slowly, too drained to still be angry. And now? Now you have to make a choice again? Aaron stared at him, astonished that he still didn't understand. She didn't want to be with Crace. He wasn't the monster Crichton thought he was, but she felt nothing for him but the comfortable, familiar friendship that derived from shared history. She had hated him once. Hated him enough to leave him in the Aurora chair and listen to him scream as he watched his empty, hollow life played out before his eyes, but that was a long time ago. That had exercised those demons. Looking at Crichton's hesitant, nervous face, Chana's worldly-wise mantra for life filtered through her mind, bringing a sudden smile to her lips. Men? Stupid. <laughs> you want them to know something? You gotta tell them. That's right. <laughs> There's no choice to make, John, she said, walking forward and standing close to him, looking at him intensely. Peacekeepers are brought up as one of many. Crace just wants a crew, someone to build a new life with. But my life is here. She reached toward a tentative hand and touched his face with the tip of her fingers, caught a strand of his hair between finger and thumb. "'With me?' Crichton said, his lips parting as his eyes searched her face. She gazed at him, a crease appearing between her brows. "'With all of us together?' he said, quietly, almost mockingly, with a minute shake of his head. She frowned, blinking, the words echoing somewhere in her mind. She opened her mouth to say something, but nothing came out. He stepped backwards, pulling away from her hand, and with a last sad look at her face, he turned and walked out of the cell. Finn. One last thing. thing. Okay, <laughs> yes, that's how it's written down there. Okay, if you don't buy it, flame me with a venomous feedback. But first, go back and watch Mind the Baby and the final scene of The Ugly Truth again, and then flame me with venomous feedback, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh, that's a great story. I like. I, I love uh, stories where you kind of like, you don't contradict anything that's already been said and done, but you paint yeah. it in a completely different light. Yeah, this is really intriguing. I mean, it introduces a bunch of stuff that we, well, some of the stuff that we've we've had previous clues about, like possible intimacy between her and and, and Grace. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the the sort of vulgarity of him reassigning her to like breeding this is duty yes Oof. horrifying yes but 
it's also sort of in line with with her pragmatism to take that challenge and and exceed it. Like mm. that's not the worst thing that I mean. She faces death on a daily basis as a as a pilot. Something like this is not the worst thing that anyone has done to her. You you saw what she was like when she was demoted to uh, transport duty with Velarek and she was bullied by pilots. Yeah, like she took that on the chin. Because she had her eyes on the on the long on the term prize, yes. sort of career goal. I only just like realized that there's like something that I mean it probably just slipped me by, but there's like yeah, quite more parallels between uh, uh, her and her mother than I thought before. Because like she had to, oh. she she turned in Velarek. She had to, and her mother had to kill Talon. Yes, uh, you're right. I not only just now got that realization because by the time we got to the arc with and uh, me too, and also me too, just right this second. Whoa. <laughs> And they and they both wound up becoming things that that they were good at. No, the difference there is a difference oh, in course. that in that Zalax didn't want to become a killer. No, but there's. I mean, I'm, I'm just drawing parallels. I'm not saying that. No, I, like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 fair. And and Erin very much wanted to be a pilot. Like yes. she loves being in space. Anyway, thank <sighs> you all for joining us for another episode of Tales of the Uncharted, Uncharted Territories. Territories. We'll be back next week with. Yeah. Hold we on. No, we have no idea in which way <laughs> okay, in the order no, this is going to take place. <laughs> but we do know that the next story that we're going to read is going to be the one that we said at the start, which I've already forgotten, but it is Never Say Goodbye or Ich vergisst mich, which we're going to have to figure out what the sort yeah, of syntactic what, what, what the grammar behind is that is. Anyway, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week for with a regular episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So